Welcome to the weekly worship podcast from the Presbyterian Church in Morristown, where we pause our busy lives to dig deeper into our faith. If you enjoy what you hear, please subscribe, or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them. Let's listen to how God might speak to us today, and remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters. Let's all take a good deep breath in and let that out. One more time. Let's breathe in God's love. Breathe out God's love. Friends, our second reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 14 through 20. Hear God's word to us today. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And he went a little farther, and he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boats, mending their nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Let's try that again. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us and mold us. Fill us and use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh now on each one of us. Amen. Every year for the last 10 years, the New York Times has published outstanding college application essays from teenagers about money, work, social class, and other related topics. Some of the most basic questions about money, says the Times, are also central to figuring out what and who you want to be. What do I have? What do I want? How does that compare to others around me, and how should I feel about it? But this year, the stakes are a bit higher when it comes to the college essay. This is the year of the identity-driven essay, they write, the one part of the application process in which it is still explicitly legal to discuss race after the Supreme Court banned affirmative action last June. A review of the essay prompts used this year by more than two dozen highly selective colleges reveals that schools are using words and phrases like identity and life experience and are probing aspects of a student's upbringing and background. Like one from Johns Hopkins, tell us about an aspect of your identity or a life experience that has shaped you. Or from Duke, Feel free to tell us any ways in which you are different and how that has affected you. 
or from Dartmouth. Let your life speak. Describe the environment in which you were raised and the impact it has had. The New York Times calls this a big change from last year when the questions were a little dutiful, a little humdrum, asking about books read, summers spent, volunteering done. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. These are transitional verses, mostly taking us from where we were when Jesus was baptized by John, as we talked about last Sunday, to where we're going today, with Jesus calling his first disciples. As for context, Mark has Jesus immediately go from his baptism. You are the son of God, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. And he's led by the Spirit out into the desert for 40 days. What happens there? In Mark, it's only two short verses. He was tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Matthew's and Luke's versions are much fuller and more descriptive. In fact, Mark's version of the story of Jesus' whole life is almost always more efficient, more immediate, more urgent. Mark quickly brings us back from the wilderness to this time after John was arrested and Jesus arrives on the scene in Galilee proclaiming the good news of God and saying that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe in the good news. Now that is not usually the part of this text that captures our imaginations. Usually it is what comes next that stops us in our tracks and makes us wonder what we might do if Jesus called to us in the way he did those first disciples. In her college essay, Sidney Carroll, a senior from Franklin, Tennessee, writes, When you meet new people, there are things you immediately know. Their hair color, their height, their fashion sense. As for me, I also immediately know who they voted for, that they're a proud NRA member, or that they support the sanctity of life or Southern heritage. That's because I work at my family's car wash, so naturally, my first introduction to people is their bumper stickers. (laughs) She goes on to describe how her parents engaged in what she calls radical grieving methods following the death of a favorite aunt leaving their jobs in New York City, her father's on Wall Street, her mother's managing accounts at the Cartoon Network TV channel. When my family opened the car wash, she says, we took family-owned and operated to a new level. I went from an eighth grader to an assistant manager. I know things that virtually no other 17-year-olds know or want to know how to grease equipment, the perfect mixture of chemicals to get algae off of cement floors, and the best way to dodge a car that's flying directly at you. I also had the pleasure of being the on-duty manager when cars have crashed in our parking lot, leading to my trying to work a brand new surveillance system while profusely apologizing to the police who who very obviously wished 
a different adult was present. There are, however, things that have happened at the car wash that are far from funny, she says. As a female and a minor, customers have made comments and jokes when talking to me that have made me feel deeply uncomfortable, exposed, and most importantly, out of place. As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. I have always been fascinated with these verses, this call story from Mark's gospel. Like I said, Matthew and Luke give us a bit more description. Matthew tells us that following that time of temptation out there in the wilderness and after the arrest of John the Baptist, Jesus left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the lake. That is certainly more than Mark tells us. Maybe. If Jesus had made his home there by the lake, maybe it could be that Simon and Andrew, as well as James and John, already knew who Jesus was when he called to them. Maybe they'd seen him walking along the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. Maybe they had even heard his message before. Maybe they even knew that it was the same message that John the Baptist had proclaimed. Maybe they had even been there at Jesus' baptism and saw the Spirit descend upon him like a dove. Maybe they recognized him as the one from whom that voice from heaven said, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. Maybe he wasn't a stranger at all when he approached them as he walked along the lake. Maybe that made it easier for them to leave their nets and leave their jobs, and leave everything behind to follow him. Maybe. It's hard to feel like I belong in Tennessee, writes Sydney, where we are on the news weekly for a new book ban or shooting or shutdown of a pride festival. I am entrenched in a place where so many interactions feel like a contradiction of everything I stand for. She says that it's not easy to accept that her regulars, people that she's grown to love and who always bring her a caramel candy or a water or show her pictures of their kids, it's not easy to accept that they might disagree with her when it comes to matters of political difference, matters of identity. They care about me, but they don't care about me, she writes. And they're never going to truly know me, the me who marches in protests and works on campaigns. Part of the reason for all those loud bumper stickers, she says, is that we live in a time of not only great division, but even greater hatred. I'll admit I'm no angel, but I truly believe that activism must come from a place of love. So I'm going to keep fighting for what I believe in, not in spite of, but because of the people I disagree with. If only we could be so wise as to fight for the people we disagree with from a place of love. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. 
I will make you fish for people. They were fishers of fish. So Jesus promises to make them into something new. And he doesn't promise to make them into auto mechanics or software engineers. There is something of their original in the new. And so at least as this word describes us, there is something of our original, our old in our new as well. One biblical scholar notes that a more correct translation of the text would be to say, follow me and I will make you to be, or I will make you to become fishers of people. He describes it as an act of creation. They, we, will become something new. One of my preacher friends says, I don't know how to talk about this new act of creation in a single moment, but it increasingly makes sense to me as a call to grow, to mature. That behind Jesus' call is the conviction that God created us to live a certain spirit, a certain pattern, a certain way. And that Jesus is that way, Jesus is that life, and today is a new opportunity to live toward that life. When I was 17, I surely did not have the wisdom of Sidney Carroll of Franklin, Tennessee. I liked airplanes and and going to movies where I'd get a roll of sweet tarts and eat them way too quickly. I don't know if my friends were all at the church or if I just went to church often enough that I made all of my friends there, but it felt like home. And I thought maybe, maybe Jesus was calling me to be a pastor, even though that sounded dreadful back then, like a death sentence. (laughs) Don't worry, I don't feel that way anymore. (laughs) I was a reasonably happy kid at age 17. And I suppose that there are still whispers of that 17-year-old kid in me, but he's harder to find these days. This is the mystery. I am both, at the same time, still that person, and I am completely new. Behind Jesus' gracious call is the conviction that God created us to live in a certain spirit, a certain pattern, a certain way of life, and today is a new opportunity to live toward that life. We grow. With the body, it just happens naturally. Sorry. (laughs) But the growth that happens in the soul does not happen naturally. It is both at the same time a holy gift and something that we must imagine, something that we must pursue. Jesus calls us from the old and makes us to become something new each and every day. And so for 17-year-old Sidney Carroll of Franklin, Tennessee, it looks something like taking part in protests on behalf of people with whom she completely disagrees. I love them enough to fight for their rights, she says, in the inspiring ways of hopeful teenagers. I'll fight for them to have free universal health care, for their kids' guaranteed school lunches, and for a fairer economy. I may be ready to leave Tennessee, but its future matters to me. So while I'm here, I'm going to try to change some minds, whether it's one protest or one car wash at a time. If at age 17 you had told me that this is who I would be, 
it would have been hard to imagine. I have grown. And of course, I am not unique in this. It is the way it is for all of us. And I hope that kind of growing up is not over for me. I hope that kind of growing up is not over for the church. I hope it's not over for our nation. That preacher friend of mine says, someday, some distant day, we will all be in heaven. I believe that means not only will life be eternal, but even more so, it will be transformed On that distant day, the whole person, the the fisher inside who finally figures out what fishing is for, that person God has always known we could be, that's who we will be. And friends, until that final day, we need to remember that Jesus keeps calling us to his way. I don't think it's one and done, we leave it all behind, but he makes us to become something new. We can deny that, but we can't change it. And we need to decide how much like him do we wish to be. How much do we wish to pursue his way? Because tomorrow doesn't have to be just yesterday lived all over again. Tomorrow can be something new. We can be. Something new. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening with us today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe. Or if you have someone in your life that may be inspired by this message, please share it with them visit us at www.pcmorristown.org or find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook to stay connected with our church. But most of all, remember to be the good in your community, a community that matters.